all movements started by marginalized people. We have to get to a place where we're not striving for those uh, standards of success because I think there's always going to be a disappointing factor when you realize you're trying to climb a peak that's like within a snow globe. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Yoga for All podcast. This is our third installment and by far my most favorite. Contrary to popular belief, Jessamyn Stanley and I are not the same person and <laughs> we have not met before. So I'm excited to meet her, a doctor. And of course my sister in the struggle, Amber, as part of the Yoga for All training movement. We are thrilled that the illustrious and quite famous uh, Jessamyn Stanley has agreed to talk to us today. Jessamyn! <laughs> We're so glad you're here, Jessamyn. Um, for those of y'all that don't know Jessamyn, uh, maybe you don't have social media or you've been living under a rock somewhere. Jessamyn is one of our like representation superstars. Like yeah. We finally are getting some visibility in the yoga world with the Fat Femmes. So I'm gonna read Jessamine's bio in case you don't know who she is. Jessamine Stanley is a yoga teacher, body positivity advocate and writer based in Durham, North Carolina. And she uses high energy vinyasa flow as a way to move past mental and emotional barriers. Her classes provide a body positive approach to yoga, which celebrates students' bodies and encourages them to ask, how do I feel rather than how do I look when practicing yoga? Jessamine studied with Kimberly Perrier of Asheville Yoga Center's 230-hour teacher training program, and her eponymous yoga lifestyle blog and Instagram attract thousands of followers daily, offering tips and advice for other yoga practitioners while documenting her home yoga practice. She contributes to Mind Body Green, Wanderlust, and Elephant Journal, and she's been featured and profiled by a variety of international and national media outlets, including... Good Morning America, The Daily Mail, New York Magazine, Sunday Times, New York Times, Women in the World, People, and many more. So, <laughs> if you don't know Jessamine, where have you been? Because she's been out here, is all right. I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, I know that's excruciating to listen no. to your own bio. We're so excited to have you. <laughs> it totally is. And I'm, like, in listening to that, I was just thinking, like, fuck, I've got to rewrite that. Like, <laughs> like, honestly, it's like you write it once and then it's just like, whatever. I don't even, I forgot, you know? And yes. then just listening to it, I'm like, wow, so much has evolved. Since yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm more than that. Push that to the side. I'm glad to be here with y'all because, like, honestly, um, no matter how much you talk to other people, it's very rare to get to talk to your people. I don't know. Like, I feel like y'all are my people. So it's mm -hmm. like, I feel like we can have a conversation sans code switching. So I'm looking forward to, like, just actually talking about the truth. The truth. The truth. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, Diane, kick us off. What are we talking about? Well, I just want to tell you a funny story, Jessamine, that happened to me last week. So I was opening up my email and I got a request to do a workshop because I texted Amber immediately. And it started <laughs> off with, Dear Jessamine. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> not all I told all Diane I told Diane I was like you need to charge them extra for uh, <laughs> racial trauma that right. they said all black people look like I was about to say I feel like that's a $1,000 fee thrown on <laughs> how dare you miss I'm like okay this is my thing with that I have been mistaken like anytime that it's me and one other black girl anywhere we will get confused like people we don't have to look anything like oh, like everyone will think they were the same but I'm like we're not even standing next to each other there's <laughs> never been a two shot so I don't know how you thought like I mean like granted 
And you know, sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I get white men confused all the time. Like, do it famously. I'll be like, Brian, Paul, Justin, like, what's your name? I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I'm like, okay. But then at the same time, it's like, no, definitely. I agree. Be thrown on top. Service charge. Racial trauma service charge. Right? Well, it was funny because all I wrote back is in the response, I was like, confused question <laughs> and then I wrote back I'm not Jessamine and that was it that was that's amazing I, oh my gosh all I wrote back Beautiful. I didn't even bother and I just knew that poor person was like <laughs> some marketing intern is fired there's so, <laughs> no, <they're> so- <laughs> oh my god no Again, this is so bad. I just really the my my business person shot him for it. The meter just went like through the roof because that's hysterical. Anyway, whew. all right, Diane, what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, you know what? I just want to dive into the big question. So mm. I'm scrolling through Instagram, and you know I have a hate hate relationship with Yoga Journal. I think been- <laughs> no, same. You know, and I just this past year gave up my my bullshit with them, right? So this just past year, I'm like, I'm done. I'm tired. Uh, My friend, Linda Sparrow, who used to be the, uh, years ago, the uh, managing editor for it, said to me, Diane, it is not your job to try to fix that shitty magazine. Uh, And I'm paraphrasing. She might not have said shitty. So she says, like, you got good work you're doing. Just move on. Like, you don't need to be commenting. And I thought to myself, I need to focus more on what I'm doing and not get caught up in the rhetoric and kind of adding to their uh, popularity or giving them more attention or giving them more energy. I'm out. I'm not critiquing. I don't care because people share stuff with me immediately, right? They click me over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And then I was just like, okay, I am not going down that rabbit hole. I'm out. I got other shit to do. I'm out. And so then I'm scrolling through Instagram real fast and I see your picture scroll by me. I went, wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. And I scroll down I look at the picture and the picture is gorgeous the type is gorgeous your your variation of camel is beautiful and I went look at that shit (laughs) he busted through the thin white supremacist ceiling that has kept a plus size black woman off the cover I was like and then I shared that shit because you know I don't share none of their shit ever (laughs) share that shit everywhere I could take it I talked about it and then people were sliding into my dms going um I got my issue and she wasn't on the cover. And I'm like, oh, oh no, no, girl, God. you just got the wrong issue. Like, I think she's on the February issue. You're probably looking at the January issue. And then they were like, no, no, no. I had the right issue. And I was like, what? And then, then I was right back on, okay, for real now, you dumb fucked up heart. <laughs> Coming for you now. Like, I was so mad. And of course, Amber got to the critique before I did, so I shared Amber stuff. And then Jivana called me, and he's like, "You see some racist bullshit that just went down." And I'm like, "He goes, I just called them out." And I'm like, "What? Wait, wait, what? I haven't had time to process my feelings. I need to write about this." And everybody piled on. And my first question to you was, "Did you know that this is what I was?" So what I was going to say is like, how funny that everyone else. And I had the exact same situation. Okay. So this is this is what happened for me. Obviously knew in advance this was gonna happen, but also was just trying to be like, okay, it's fine. Like I'm just gonna go on about my business, regular day, but I do wanna make sure that I get a couple copies so that they're archived. So I go to Barnes yeah. and Noble. Yeah. And I'm not on the cover. It's Madias Radia is on the cover. And I was like, 
of course. Mm-hmm. And then my second reaction was, okay, well, my cover has to be in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I found my copies. And when I realized that other people had had that reaction too, my immediate reaction was like validation. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, my first reaction was like, this is that shit they do. This is, I mean, like, cause, and this is what I said to, um, Tasha, the editor of Yoga Journal. I was like, you know, I, I have to tell you when I saw it, I wasn't surprised because this is not the first time in my life that something like this has happened. So honestly, I was just kind of like, oh, wow. I did. I thought that I would at least know in advance that that was going to happen. But like, and I mean, granted, I'm sure that this story is different depending on who tells it. And like everyone has their it is what it is, but the answer, the short answer to your question is no, I did not know. I was very surprised. Listen, just between you and me and everybody's going to be listening to this, I had the opportunity to meet Tasha a couple years ago at the Body Confidence like Summit at Kripalu that Erica Mathers was running, and she had come there, and she was like slinking around this conference. Mm. She was talking to me, and at one point, we were sitting together watching something, and I turned to her and and said uh, she was interested in work I was doing for another publication and she wanted to know if I was interested in doing similar work for that mm. publication and I just turned to her and said I don't owe you anything mm. and that I can't participate in this white supremacist magazine mm-hmm. is what I said to her and she laughed at me like I think she was taken aback that I would say no to yoga journal and I'm thinking the amount of times that you have made me feel Like my practice does not matter. And people who look like me do not matter. It's going to be a long, cold day in hell. If I'm going to allow you to use me as a token or to allow yourself to like bandwagon jump because now diversity is cool and we are, you know, we're playing. Yoga Journal to me is like the Donald Trump of yoga. Like, (laughs) don't get it. Always like run behind the bus as the bus has gone yeah. by because they have missed it. Like I just have absolutely. To, right, I'm like, no, thank you. And the, when she snickered at me, I was like, and there it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there it absolutely. is. Absolutely. And that was my last interaction with her ever. She gave me I her mean, card, and I was like, see ya. I guess it's been two years since I stopped subscribing, and mm-hmm. I was like, it was a very conscious decision. I was just kind of like. I'm good on this publication. It's no shade. I just feel like it's not made for me. And I don't really feel like I need to, like, I don't need the updates that this magazine is giving. Like, I'm not getting information that is making my life better. And like, that's no shade. I feel like they're making it for somebody and it's not for me. And when they reached out, I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of how the cover happened, but it was definitely like, I was like, I'm not just going to do like whatever, like, cause I mean, I think it's very customary now that it's like, now it's popping right now to be like talking about diversity and like it all across all quadrants and every industry. And I'm just like, the reality of the situation is that you're going to do whatever the fuck it is you're going to do. And I can do what I'm going to do. Yep. And you're going to try to use me. And frankly, like, if I can be this blunt with y'all, how can I use you, like, in response to that? So that I was like, (laughs) you know, so that that to me is like what it came down to. But at the same time, it's like, I have to, I mean, like, I go back to the larger question of like, are we breaking through? Because like, I don't, I don't think that we are breaking through. I think that it's like one of the Kardashians putting their hair in cornrows or something. It's like, it's like whenever people 
you want to be close to it, but you don't want to actually try to understand it. And I think that their response to everybody's reaction to the magazine says a lot to that. that like, cause I, the question that I kept coming down to with that, it's like, how did you not know this was going to happen? <laughs> Honestly, I'm just, I'm surprised that you're surprised. Like, yeah. it's, like it shouldn't be that surprising. So that it triggers a lot of bigger questions. And I remember one of the things that they said with this issue was like, yeah, you know, we want to start conversations. And I'm like, you did start a conversation. It's not, it's not the conversation that you wanted to micromanage, <laughs> but you did start a conversation that needed to be had. So like in a lot of ways, I'm like, I'm kind of here for it. Like, I'm kind of, like, I think it's much more interesting than talking about fucking yoga mats and coconut water. Like, this is actually getting into what we collectively, as a community of modern practitioners, like, what are the things that really lie beneath the surface for all of us? And it's really easy to pretend like there's not that much going on if you can just, like, giggle at it or, like, or act like, (laughs) how could this really be? You know, and it's like... Yeah. You know, one of the things that you and I were talking about, Justin, was sort of when movements that are created like for and by marginalized folks um, mm-hmm. go mainstream, like right when they get adopted by the mainstream, we've seen this happen with body positivity, which, you know, is rooted in fat acceptance, which was a social justice movement. Totally. And now body positivity, which is kind of the like defanged version of oh, fat right. acceptance, has been co-opted by beauty ads and diet companies and like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's body positive now. So, you know, it's so they- easy for them to say that shit too. That's yeah. wild to me. Whatever. Yeah. We have but the but when these movements get like co-opted and kind of move into the mainstream. Like, on the one hand, we're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, more women, like, know that it's okay not to, like, hate themselves or whatever version that takes. Mm -hmm. And also, like, the marginalized folks that created those movements end up on the margins again. And so, like, Mm -hmm. we were talking about how these, even the, like, quote-unquote victories aren't Mm -hmm. really victories or don't really feel um, complete and whole. There's, like, so much erasure when we're still having to operate like within this, you know, capitalist, white supremacist, patriarchal system. Right. You can talk about that a little bit. I mean, and I think that for me, it's almost like, like that's one side of it. And then there's this part where it's like, why were those our markers for success anyway? Like, why are we trying to succeed within this system? The system is fundamentally broken. The system works at its best, at its peak, whenever everybody feels like they have to buy into it. So that us trying to like reach their standards, like being on the cover of a magazine or being like the face of a brand or being like being basically owned by one of the, um, I mean, like not to use such broad terms, but I guess obviously I want to like, like to be owned by a slave master to a certain extent, like as much as we continue to use that as the marker for power and strength and growth. And like, it just that, I think that that's really what diminishes it and that we have to get to a place in all like in all movements started by marginalized people, we have to get to a place where we're not striving for those standards of success. Cause I think there's always going to be a disappointing factor when you realize you're trying to climb a peak that's like within a snow globe. It's like, you're not actually going anywhere. You're just like staying within that same circle. The thing about the media for me is that they're always just going to follow trends. They're always just going to do what's popular. They don't, they don't have personalities. And like, I'm saying no shade, but obviously it's shade. Like (laughs) with, um, like when in these meetings with brands and shit, like it's obvious that like, 
you don't know the audience that you're talking to. You don't understand the community. Like they don't get it at all. They don't have personality, so to speak. They just let you put your personality onto them so that they're always just going to follow in the echo of whatever it is that is popular. It's a credit that enough people are talking about like the themes of these movements that enough people are talking about it to where brands are like, shit, we can't ignore this for we're, we're missing out on money if we continue yeah. to ignore this. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it has to be bigger than the movement. It has to be bigger than just like the, like it has to be bigger than the umbrella that we're all standing under together. Cause if it's so fucking flimsy that the umbrella can fold by just that little bit of wind, how is it going to stand the test of time? And I think it's honestly a really good marker for like some of the reasons that we get into this kind of work, because particularly when we talk about something like body positivity and fat acceptance, I feel like first off, Bad acceptance needs to like cleave body positivity from the herd. Like it has to be like, it's like, just let it go. The child, it's the thing, it's the limb that is weighing us down and it, it has nothing to do with us too. Like, I feel like that acceptance is a really radical idea that is is um belittled in a lot of ways by body positivity now body positivity on its own like once it's cleaved from fat positivity and fat acceptance and it can those can that can go on and do its own thing body positivity it's like so what are we really saying here like what is the message is the message that like you know cis fat cis fems deserve to have the same clothing options as like then systems or something because it feels like that's what the message is and if that's the message that's a really fucking flimsy message and that can clearly like is very easy to just like co-opt and put on be like yeah this is something that we believe in even when they're not even really saying that but it's like if the message is actually that body positivity means that every human being deserves to be confident in themselves today, not, not tomorrow, not yesterday, today, that, that the things that have happened to you are what make you a unique and powerful and strong individual that you should, you should be proud of everything that has happened to get you to where you are today. Mm -hmm. That message can stand the test of time. And I think that if we can really like get down to brass tacks about like implementation and like changing mindset and not necessarily focus so much on these like really little kind of goal markers and things that like, cause I mean, when I, okay. So years ago, I literally said, (laughs) I want to be the first plus size person person on the cover of yoga journal like i said it it, it's like i literally manifested that shit so when it happened i was like expecting to feel like yes this is like look at this thing i have done this i did this thing and then on top of the fact that i've had all kinds of like internal thought and and yogic reckoning to make me like question that anyway it's also this thought of like yeah but what does that really show you know, what does it really prove? It doesn't prove any. And, and what, why is it that, that my beliefs require being proven by somebody who does not understand where I'm coming from fundamentally, and it's not going to try to understand. So anyway. Well, I think um, one thing that we're talking about here is when we are looking, well, you brought up, you know, fashion being sort of the face of body positivity. And it's sort of like, okay, now like proportionally shaped hourglass fat femmes are Mm -hmm. now like can get famous on Instagram too. I just think when we 
are continuing to operate from a from a view of hierarchy as the uh, model, totally. and it's never going to be revolutionary, right? Like it's not revolutionary to take the same old beauty standard and add fifty pounds or a hundred pounds because what we're still doing is saying. You know, okay, like we will acknowledge that, you know, people's uh, worth is tied to their appearance as long as we get to play too, you know, and like I can't envision a system that functions on hierarchy where somebody doesn't get the short end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. But my thing is that, and so I completely agree with you. I also feel like capitalism is built on hierarchy. I don't know how we're supposed to change any of these systems inside without dismantling the whole thing. Totally. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't, cause I feel like everything comes back to a root and it's like the, even within communities of marginalized people, like, like what you're saying, but even like, even within like the, um, I don't know. I just feel like there's always some kind of um, whatever. The point that I'm making is that I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting to me? I just got back from the um, Seattle. Uh, it was the um, uh, the American Library Association uh, conference, mm-hmm. uh, and so I just got back from that, and I got to hear Robin D'Angelo speak. Are you guys familiar with her? She does a lot of work around dismantling white supremacy as a white woman, and and talking mm-hmm. to people about they think they're not racist because of their proximity to blackness. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law is black. I have a friend who's black. My best friend in high school is growing up. And, you know, she was talking about it's impossible for us to ever get to a place of equality because we're always asking the people in charge for permission. So she put up a graphic that said, do you think in 2019 that women could be denied the right to vote. And I think this is an easier question to ask in 2019 than perhaps it was in 2016, because I think we know what the answer is. Because the majority of Congress, the majority of the Senate, and the majority of people in power, 80, 90, 95, uh, almost 100% of people who have any real power in society are men, are white men, and are white men over the age of 50. Okay, so when they hold that much power, the answer is yes, they do have the power to, we're not, we're not saying that it's they're right, but, no, but that they could, mm-hmm. they could, they could revoke our right to vote. So that's the same. I feel, I feel that that's the same parallel for people on the margins. We are constantly begging to be let in, right? We right. Exactly. White people or thin people or whoever mm-hmm. is the dominant group gets to decide who's invited and then gets to capitalize on that. Absolutely. It's like it's like when I look at the Kardashians, they get to commodify the things that black women have hated themselves for since time in memoriam. Mm-hmm. And we Absolutely. And we're still trying to reach this level of acceptability. And in order for something to change, in order to go somewhere we have never been before, we have to do something that we have never done before. Right. And it's running in this friggin' hamster wheel. And it's making me bananas because your cover to me all at once was a triumph and a huge disappointment. 
Mm-hmm. All at once, I was excited and elated. And then a second later, somebody nicked my jugular and I, I bled out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just the hardest thing to, to look at. And then their piss poor response. We're sorry, but, you know, that kind of response. And then I was talking to um, a friend of mine and I'm, I asked them, do you think this is a thing that they do just to keep relevant? Because they do one major, <laughs> they fuck something up huge once a year, just when we've all forgotten that they look like women's fitness, women's health, you know, they all look the same. If you line them up on the newsstand, they all look the same. Only that one says yo. And I just wonder if these fuck ups are to keep them relevant. And just so you all, I went to every book in my city and I put you on the front. I dug you out. <laughs> That's very generous of you. And that is very funny to me because I, I mean, I feel like the. I I have questions, but I honestly, like, and I don't know how else to say it but this, but I I just feel like they don't even, they don't have enough awareness to, like, to use, because I'm like, damn, that would be, like, really smart, and then I'm like, I don't, I just, I don't feel like that was, I feel like there wasn't that enough thought in that particular direction, but, like, I mean, which makes it more frustrating, because, like, you almost wish it was, like, maniacal in some way, it's like, like, was there a purpose to this, like, are you trying to unsettle things for, and it's like, no, you just really are not that awake to what is going on in the world, and, like, and the, the desire that people have to see themselves and, and the fact that like this era of only, of thinking that only thin white women enjoy a practice that is so unrelated. That, that's actually part of why my apathy about yoga journals set in is that like, I just don't feel like it's about yoga, honestly, like, at the end of the day. I just feel like it's about, it's like a fashion magazine. Yeah. Exactly what it is. Yeah. So like, which is its own thing. That's its own category. So like, you know, everybody can be out here. I'm just kind of like, I'm good on receiving it monthly, but you know, <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> Everybody's different. Well, it was funny in 2014, um, when the yoga and body image coalition kind of came together and we trotted off to the yoga journal conference in, uh, San Diego, I got an opportunity to sit across from then, uh, man- uh managing editor, which was, uh, uh-huh. And we called them out on their shit. Like we sat the five or six of us is a picture of us on a couch somewhere where it was. I definitely saw it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Budic issue where they just took a bad picture of Catherine Budic and called it the body image issue. That was in and of itself disastrous. Uh, The first question, because you know, I had to talk first. The first question on the panel was how do you get away with excluding a group of people? And her reaction was, she didn't realize she was excluding a group of people. I was just about to say she probably had no idea. Yeah, no, it just shocked, just shocked the shit out of me. And then mm-hmm. I look over to the right of me on this couch, and there's about five women who are giggling and smiling at me and waving. And I'm like, I don't know who these people are, but they all look the same. I couldn't tell Brittany from Becky, from Lisa, from Karen. All of them to me just look the same. And I was like, there's the issue. This is they're in exactly. so in the decision-making process, there's no diversity. So nobody's going to catch that. Nobody's exactly. one person of color to go, wait a minute. 
this might not be a good idea. I literally said that was my response. And so after this all happened, after um, there was the, <laughs> after you, Amber, everybody like set the internet on fire. <laughs> um, the part of the reason, and this is just like coming out with full transparency. I believe that part of the reason that Yoga Journal's response was delayed is because they were trying to get in touch with me, I guess, to like see how I felt about it, to yeah. inquire that somehow into their response um i'm not gonna <laughs> i have a lot of thoughts about that that i'm not going to share but right. when we did right. get on the call I, one of the questions was like um what do you think we could do differently or like how would you um like what who do you think we should be listening to how do you think um, we should be making changes and i was like i mean honestly i think that there's a lot of internal work that needs to happen within the organization i think that you're all equipped to do that work if you actually look around and see look around the table who is in this room see who the voices are because again going back to i'm surprised that you were surprised like like, why wasn't there at least one person, like a person of color, a fat person, a person who's disabled, like any one person, just one, one person <laughs> would have said this. And I'm like, dude, just like really think about the voices. And the response was like, yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but it is just a group of thin white women. <laughs> I was like, there, that is the problem. Like a hundred percent. If you really start with like, start with diversity internally and understanding why you're not currently diverse, that'll answer a lot of questions. Yeah. And I mean, your question was like, who's at the table, but I think a more important question for them is like, who's missing? Like right. look around, like who's not actually even part of this conversation. Cause maybe they, I mean, yoga journal, like Diane says, like they step in it all the time. Like we can save y'all from yeah, that. Right. We'll try. We, try. <laughs> we can give our opinion at least. And if you don't listen to it, that's not our fault. But anybody, like you said, anybody who is like somebody that has a marginalized identity would have been like, don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Like, even, I mean, so, or just like, mm, you might want to think about it, you know, cause like, it seems like there was no thought about it whatsoever. And I mean, and really like shock and concern and, and a thought that like saying we had no idea is sufficient. Like that's mm -hmm. in 2019, that's not sufficient. Like there's the, it would be different maybe if like the internet was not a thing, but like, I don't understand how people are out here acting like they don't know. I mean, like Donald Trump is the president, like really think about this. Like there's, and there's no thought about it. And I mean, honestly, like I'm not really pressed about what happens to Yoga Journal. I think that if you are really responding to a community and they are engaging with what you have to say, then your relevancy is clear. But I think that if you're not responding to a community, then that should tell you about what you need to be doing. And like, okay. I think that they're going to learn. They are currently learning, it seems. Yeah. Which yeah. maybe they'll Maybe. I still think there is a chance for them to fuck something up really. With their call to ever <laughs> You know, if, if for their last call, if you've ever been marginalized by our magazine, please reach out and we'll pay you for your submission or whatever. Let's see how that shit rolls out. Because I, I am sure that's going to get fucked up somehow. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm stepping out, <laughs> yep. hands up, like literally just, y'all, everybody have a great time. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. So, um... <laughs> We've given Yoga Journal maybe enough airtime because yeah. I want to talk to Jessamine about the other parts of her life. Diane, um, we had some, well, no, just like 
there's more to Jessamine than yoga journal <laughs> is my yeah. point. So like, Diane, I know you had some other stuff that you wanted to. I was just really curious about how you got started mm. in the whole experience of yoga. And, and it's a two-part question. And then how do you deal with this, like this fame? Do you know mm. what I mean? This, like, this has got to be a lot. Like I it is you, a lot. How do you yeah. take all this attention all the time and you being held up as the poster girl for, for all of it. Like, how do you manage that? What got you started? And like, what is it like to be Jessamine in this? Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to, I feel like the, um, the questions are, while they're two separate questions, they're very much related to one another. So like, I mean, I started practicing very much out of the space of needing like emotional assistance. I was going through a period of depression that I think is pretty much like, if you have been 23, then you have experienced what I was experiencing. Like that feeling of, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I am. I think the realization, honestly, that all human beings come to when you realize that like, there's no point to capitalism and consumerism and that there's, so there's gotta be something more to all of this. And um, one of my classmates, I was in graduate school at the time. And one of my classmates was like, Oh my God, you should try yoga. You're going to love it. And I was really against it in the beginning because I um, had tried yoga once when I was in high school and just like absolutely hated it. And so I was like, I know it's not going to be for me, but she wore me down and I went and it was a very um, emotionally transformative experience, not just because like the, um, the practice, like pushed me in ways that I hadn't pushed myself before, but it made me really see myself in a way that I'd never seen myself before. And that way being like a compassionate way and being able to harness compassion in moments that make me struggle has really been the reason that I've continued to practice um, since then, because I, um, like everyone, came to the realization that like, oh, there, so there's not some like big happy peak that I'm running toward where everything is always going to be happy at that peak. Like life is waves. And so you're always going up and down. And, and I realized that being able to harness that compassion um, would allow me to deal with those waves. And so that really is like the seed of my practice. And I think that um, it, my, my love affair with it has only grown as time has gone on. But the thing I really um, never intended to like be teaching yoga, that was not a goal for me. I did not feel like, like I didn't realize, oh, I really love this. I think a lot of people feel this way. Perhaps you two have felt this way where you're like, I really love this. I want to share this with other people. Like, how do I go about doing that? But I just, I've been posting about my practice on social media because, I mean, this was before, like, everyone and their mom was on Instagram. Like, now, now there's so many people there. There's, it's saturated with brands. But it used to just be, like, really serious practitioners and teachers who were just, like, documenting their practices. It's a very, like, we all have a journal together. And so I felt like, especially because my local yoga community is not very, it's become more diverse, but at the time it was not very diverse. And, um, there just weren't, 
I didn't have a lot of community. And so that was a way posting on social media was a way for me to feel a sense of community with other people. But I just realized over time that the reason that people were engaging with my content was not because they were like other practitioners who wanted to give feedback or like talk about yoga. It was people being like, I didn't know that people could do yoga. And that concept has always been really confusing to me because I'm like, why do you think fat people can't do yoga? Fat people do all kinds of stuff all the time. And (laughs) the fact that you have that idea is just showing that like, we have a major visibility issue. (laughs) Because I'm like, like, if you go out to a yoga class, you're going to see all different kinds of people. Why is that not being like, more represented? And so, I mean, I think that had there not been a response of like, it's helpful for you to show your practice because it's showing people something that they think that they, that they before prior to this thought that they um, thought didn't exist. If that hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't still be posting on social media because I honestly feel like it's the antithesis of yoga. And I feel like it asks of us what yoga asks us not to do. (laughs) It's like looking for validation outside of yourself instead of trying to find it within yourself. But Um, I've also come to understand that like, it's really monumental for people who, for whatever reason, feel like me. And it doesn't have to be that they're fat. It doesn't have to be that they're black or queer or living in America. (laughs) None of these things have to be true, but to see somebody who is like genuinely accepting their flaws as a part of who they are and trying to accept themselves. I think that for a lot of people, when they don't have that in their lives at all, it can be really revolutionary. And so for me, like that is the reason to continue doing it. But the amount of people that are now engaging with my content and um, honestly, like it's really easy for me um, to pretend as though none of this matters, like where I live. And that's a part of why, like, so in response, you asked like, how am I dealing with all of this? Like, I live in a small, relatively small Southern town where like, I mean, granted, like people know about it and I've been in the local press before. So like, it's, it's, it's not like it's not a thing here, but people, it's not like Los Angeles or New York and where people are just like so fucking obsessed with social media and like so obsessed with this celebrity culture and like needing it and craving it. They're just like thirsty for this, um, like fame mongering it's like really normal people who are literally just trying to live their lives so like it's helpful for me to not live somewhere where I'm going to be reminded of it and also like I don't really feel that much attachment to what I put out for other people because I don't really feel like it's representative of who I am as a person like who I am on the whole and so I feel like a pretty intense disconnection from what people engage with and that that makes it helpful because it is a lot and I'm extremely introverted and I really don't care for like what is expected of me in this kind of situation because I think that people with the reaction that I can feel people wanting from me is to be like oh my god I'm so happy and this is just what I've always wanted is to be seen in this way and like I just you know it's hard but I just really love it and the reality is that like I've spent my whole life 
thinking that I need the validation of other people. And I finally got into a place of understanding that that's the opposite of what I need. And at the same time that that realization is happening, other people are looking at me and having this thing. So it's like, I'm just, I don't know. I think that for me, it's helpful to just like really use this as another pot of soil for my practice mm-hmm. and to allow me to like look even further within myself. Cause otherwise it's, I really have a lot of negative feelings about it. Mm. I wondered, I, I wondered, I, I'm not nearly as well known as you and I get a lot of attention and at times it's a lot. Like I just feel like it's, it's a lot. Like, like soul sucking and it's a lot of responsibility when people say things like, you know, you changed my life and the truth is I didn't change your life. Exactly. You changed your life. I happen to, you know, you happen to be, or you happen to see something that I was going through that I shared and that perhaps that gave you validation for whatever it is. I'm not alone in feeling these things, but it is overwhelming. Whenever I go to a, an event to do something, I am anxious and mm-hmm. breathing in the elevator. And, and, and the first thing I say to people is I will disappoint you because That's people, literally, yeah. <laughs> People put you up on a pedestal and hemorrhaged you should eat something that they don't agree with or you should swear or you mm-hmm. say something that doesn't align with an image they've created for themselves of you online. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're no longer valid. Anything that you've done up to that point is, is, is no longer valid, which is why it's so important, like you said, is not to, ex- to seek external validation. So for me, I say to everybody, take the good with the bad and take none of it. So I'm, I'm one of these people who don't generally read the comments unless I want right. to build into anger like at least if I'm, right. in mood, if I'm in a mood to be salty and I want to say something then I'll read the comments <laughs> but I'm not I, I think for me in my practice that was a big part of it and I and I, I can only imagine what that can be for you because I nowhere have the level of um you know exposure that you do it's probably the same. I mean, honestly, like one of my main coping mechanisms is that I don't talk to people. Like I'm extremely reclusive and really don't like if I go teach somewhere, I don't spend, I don't go out. I don't talk to people like, and it's just because like, it's a lot emotionally to like be even just like, just to engage to any degree. It's a lot. And I want to be able to show up like, and be present when I need to be present and then not other times. And like my, my response, anytime that someone says anything, even in the neighborhood of you changed my life is you changed your life. Like I don't, I do not feel a role in that whatsoever. I feel like it's so easy for us to, I, to idolize human beings and to turn it into like, this person is the reason that this thing happened. Like I wasn't in your house making you go to that spin class or yoga class or hiking lesson or swim thing, or like try on that outfit or take that thing. Like I wasn't there. I don't have anything to do with that. That's you. I understand that like you might have seen something that like sparked that whether or not like I don't even feel a connection to whatever the fuck it is that you engaged with. So like you do you do you and really like another part of that is like trying to convince people that like there's like trying to make the things that I know they're not going to care for come up as quickly as possible because anytime that I do something where it's like not what people 
it's not what they want to do themselves. And so they're pissed that they see me, somebody that they decided to admire doing something that they don't like. Then it's like, they're mad at themselves. And then on top of the, the they're mad at themselves and then reflecting that anger onto me. Oh, so like now all of a sudden, like I'm the worst person. And yeah. now I found myself like kind of craving that experience. Cause I'm like, I'm, I am exactly I am not you. I am not going to be able to give you what you need. And there inevitably one day I'm going to say something or do something that is just going to set you the fuck off. And honestly, let's just expedite the process because like when, um, when Donald Trump got elected is the first example that I'm thinking of. It's like, I said something on social media that had like, I lost thousands of followers that day because there are all these people similar. I did. Yeah. Yeah, It's like people, they don't want to hear like and, and my thought is like there's so many things to look at at the inter- on the internet why do you feel like this is such a huge part of your life that you need to t- tell me that like i have done something to you i haven't done anything to you i'm telling you how i feel, I feel. you're yeah. more than welcome to and then going into the thing about comments like i genuinely do not believe that human beings are supposed to receive this much Back from one another like yeah. I think that it's just energetically bad mm-hmm. and so I don't I find myself not looking at the comments just for that reason because it's a lot mm-hmm. but on the days like if it's something that I really cared about when I wrote it then I'll be like hmm, I wonder what people's thoughts are about this and it usually takes me about three comments to get to one where I'm like okay yep that's why I don't look at yeah, it. you know, like I, it's like yeah. okay that's good and my thing is yeah. like I'm not going to turn them off. You do what you, you say what you want to say. Honestly, like it's like you put art up in a gallery and people are going to come and they're going to have their opinions and you're welcome to have your opinions. And I'm have my opinions about you. And I'm a, I'm a petty, vindictive bitch. If I, that's why I can't look at them. Cause like, I'll be out here like looking down, like, like clicking on, like clicking on people's names. And I got to know, who are you? How do you have the right to say that? Like, I, let me go find one of your pictures to say something about like, nobody yeah. needs that. You, yeah. you have your opinion. You felt like you wanted to express it. Yeah. Go please. It's fine. <laughs> I love that. You said that, that you're petty because I say that too. Yeah. <laughs> I say that when I introduced myself, I said, yeah, I put a lot of stuff. You know, like what you see on my Instagram is gen- is who I am. Like I don't hide. I put all my shit up there. I have weak boundaries according to my therapist. So I share too much and that's, that's who I am. And I, and I say, it, and I put it all the way up there, but I tell people right off the bat, I will disappoint you. I will eat a hamburger and all the vegans mm-hmm. will be like, she ain't a yogi. I don't know why I'm calling her. I don't even know about her. You know, something will happen. And so I just want people to understand I'm doing my life. I'm living the best life I, I can. Mm-hmm. I'm putting up stuff of my struggles so that people can see we're not alone in this. And, and that's it. But I, the, the cult of personality and the cult of celebrity around yoga is so problematic because we no longer have you know, like gurus. We no longer have mm. teachers. We now have these yoga celebrities that everybody worships. Mm. And we're just human beings trying to figure it out too. Like, I, I don't oh have any gosh. answers for you. I really don't. Right. I, barely, <laughs> I barely have any answers for myself, right? And I got these two kids I had and I don't have any answers for them neither. So it's just, you know what I mean? Literally, I mean, literally. But it's oh, like, yeah. I don't know how I'm supposed to like, 
lead you when I'm trying to figure out how to lead me. And it's an issue that there's a lot of people who derive their whole like identity from being yoga celebrities or like yoga. I feel like I can't even use the word. I know that they would say like gurus. I would not even, I feel like I don't even want to put that word near what some of these people are out here doing. Cause it's literally like, just trying to derive your own self-worth by having people worship you. I just don't, I I don't see it. (laughs) I don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel you on that. I feel like the pressure is intense and immense. I am so grateful for seeing your image out there. Like it's so rare that we see a plus sized black woman that isn't the equivalent like that we don't have a white equivalent for do you know what i'm saying by that whereas uh she's light-skinned and she's got light <laughs> yeah. really thin, so she's really close to white like uh-huh. she's got a little bit of black on her and that's yeah. good enough for us and that's what we'll hold up as the standard of what black women should look like i love to see the diversity within blackness and and let's be honest we've never seen a person like like you or Roz the Diva or the mm-hmm. Marinator be held up as an expert or as Absolutely. what we are striving to be. And you know, what's funny is that, so within the yoga world, it's like all of this, I think is on hyperdrive. The yoga world is such a great example of everything else that's happening, like within the wellness world, but also like within the fitness space. Like I, Roz and Myrna and like, I mean, there's thankfully now many examples, but I'm like, the kind of work that they do is particularly difficult, I think, because at least in the yoga world, whenever people are like upset, like they're like, Fat, like if you're fat, you can't do yoga. <laughs> like if you're not if you're not vegan, you can't do yoga. Then I'm like, yeah. okay, you obviously don't know anything about yoga. <laughs> did, like, like I don't I don't care how much you practice. I don't care what your scorpion poses. If you <laughs> stuff like that, I yeah. you obviously don't know about this. But in the fitness world, it's like if you they will legitimately like they. I just I feel like the work that um, that Roz and um, I'm glad that they came up. The Rods and Myrna do is particularly important because it's without the trappings of spirituality, mm-hmm. whatever trappings there are, I feel like um, they have to still show that like your body size is not something to be ashamed of. And that's something that the, that one construct, the fitness industry has built that's like that's the core of this but you are fundamentally not good enough and for them to counter that i just i think it's so difficult and i i have a lot of respect for them honestly mm-hmm. but yeah, anyway i'm so happy to see women that look like women in my life be represented right. in such a big way because i i was saying to a friend of mine uh could you just imagine if Michelle Obama and well, Oprah was there for a large part, but for all these women we see now, Viola Davis, like all mm. these women that we see, we see now could have had a major role in how I identified as a person in the world at that time that mm. I saw women like them in power. Where would my self-esteem where, where, what might I have done? Who might I have been? If I could, if I, if that was what I was seeing on the regular. And I'm just happy for the women that are coming up now, the young black girls who are coming up now, seeing that diversity, seeing natural hair, seeing dark skin, 
seeing large lips, seeing, seeing women without, you know, without this idea that they, they don't look like that and they'll never be that because these people look like the women who are around them. That to me, the effect on children is really the only reason that like, I'm, that concerned with amplification because I feel like I didn't really grow up with that many role models and I was still able to get to this place. So I don't feel as though like, like visibility, I'm not that pressed about people who are my age or older, but I think about like, what is it going to be like? Yes. What is the person like who, when you were like like five or six and your parents like had this book or this magazine or this like TV, y'all watch this TV show or this movie or whatever with people who, and I mean, like, I think that specifically dark skinned black femmes is like a key because like, that's the group that you really like never saw before, like at all. And I think that like, there'd be like, like you could be light skin. You could maybe be light skin and be like, kind of curvy and they might do that but it's only been recently and I'm just wondering like what are they going to be like what's that generation like assuming the the planet has not imploded by then which I feel like it probably will have but assuming that it hasn't what is that going to be like and I just that's a reason to do this work because like exactly I yeah exactly exactly as your parting gift to everyone (laughs) Jessamine has a busy schedule, but I would, I would love to, I wish that I didn't have things to do. <laughs> yeah. We'll have you on again and we'll Please do part do. two. Um, My kids just came in here. So, you know, I got stuff waiting for me. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> what, um, what would you tell, you know, teachers or not even just teachers, but people who are practicing yoga who want to shift the culture and want to continue to see the conversation change and not just the sort of like, I don't know, hollow victories. Like we kind of talked about before where it's like, Oh, now we get yoga pants. Yay. Like let's throw a party. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like really shift the culture so that anybody, regardless of their age, ability, shape, size, like whatever can go into a studio and be expected to like be able to practice and that we have, you know, what would you tell people trying to shift um, the culture, like, for real, for real? I feel like it's really easy to get disheartened when we realize that the things that we thought were going to spell success do not. And I think that what what I try to do is remember the person inside of me who's still there, the being who needs who needs to feel represented, the person who's, like, like remember really, like, what what did it feel like on that day when you felt excluded? Like, what, what, what do you see it feel like for your friend? What does it feel like? Like, remember that story that that student told you years ago that was like, they don't see themselves or they thought they were never going to walk into the studio or that one cue that you gave, like, just made them feel so accepted. Whatever the thing is that spurred you, especially if that being is inside of you, try to remember that person and hold that post person close. And then I feel like that will help you, that will guide you forward. You can use them as your talisman or use that as your like the light inside of you. Let that light the way because then you always know that you're coming at it from a place of authenticity and a place of, of where that is genuine and something that 
you know, is not going to be quieted just by the realization that like what you, what you thought was a standard or what you thought you needed, you didn't necessarily need. That's fine. But still remember why you started and remember, um, remember who needs it and let them tell you where you need to go next. Testify. That was great. That's what I would say. Well said. Okay. I'm really grateful that we were able to get some time with you and for the conversation. Thank y'all for asking me. I mean, like, really, I feel like I'm such a fan of both of you. And I feel like what you both do is so critical. And I'm just grateful to be in community with you. So thanks for everything. Like, thanks for lighting the way. Thank you for continuing to, like, be the standards I mean in so many ways it's like it's like the two of you separately and then the two of you as a duo is just like a very necessary um a very necessary concentration of power and I'm here. <laughs> I yes. thanks yeah. I appreciate that fangirling here a little bit I'm not gonna much, lie no I'm I'm fangirling we can we could throw it on <laughs> well thank y'all for having me and I'll look forward to coming back Hi, thank you for listening to the Yoga for All podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes. Please make sure you like, share, and rate. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always email us at yogaforalltraining at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on our social media pages, me, Diane Bondi Yoga, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and Amber Carnes Official all on her social media channels. So I'd like to thank Kyle for producing and editing this podcast. And if you want to be on the podcast or if there are any topics you'd like us to cover, please reach out. Don't forget, you can always email us or find us on social media. Thank you, everybody. Until next time.